When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's almost game day as the Philadelphia Union are preparing to take on the Columbus Crew Saturday night. Welcome into another edition of PHLY Union Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Washington. Thrilled to have you here with us today because we had a conversation yesterday that was it was fun. It was light. We had on Nate Harriel and Jack McGlynn, Philadelphia Union homegrown players to join us and break down them and the things they do and do not know. Well, today we've got another great guest on to break down a lot of things that he does know around the Philadelphia Union. It is Jose Nunez. You've seen him in action very often covering the Philadelphia Union, beat reporter with AAT Sports. Welcome in, Jose. Nice to have you here in studio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And you know what? I I must say, I think yesterday was uh, (laughs) two new firsts were broken for the show, right? I think first time you ever had the homegrowns, but also the first time that I think I ever heard a curse in this show. So (laughs) really, really fascinating. Really excited to be here and, and really enjoyed what you guys are doing here and excited to maybe have a hand in it in some way. Yeah, thank you. Yesterday was definitely interesting. Made me feel old. I think that was the first <laughs> time. I'm only 31 years old, which is not old for us ad- people that are adults and, and have 32. been. 32. Yeah, and, and our once you get to your 30s, we always say it's the new 20s. But yesterday <laughs> I was like, I'm not feeling that today. I feel like a grandma on this show. But happy to have a fellow 30 plus on the show. <laughs> this, this show will be buzzing, like they would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Jose, you do a lot of great work of just covering the team and and being able to help tell stories around the team and being able to help follow whether it's on the field, off the pitch, whatever it is, you're there, you're covering it. Um, you know, what has been the most exciting part for you as you've been able to follow the, the union? Um, no, I appreciate the question. I think for me, the most exciting part has really been um, getting more and more involved, especially being closer and closer to the area. I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm a dad of two. Uh, nice. And and also a full-time professional. So I do this for fun or as a hobby and, and you know, trying to make something out of it. Uh, but I've really enjoyed uh, maybe sharing more of the content that I make with the Spanish-speaking community. Mm. I take the time to put Spanish subtitles through all of my videos. I try my best to get Spanish-speaking players that we don't typically hear from very, very often, right? It's, it's often that we hear from, uh, you know, uh, I know Ali can speak Spanish, but often he's speaking English. Yep. I know we often hear from Andre Blake, who speaks English, et cetera. So, you know, my mission has been to share those stories, but also bring in the Jose Martinez's, the mm-hmm. Jesus Buenos of the world, mm-hmm. uh, Julian Carranza, Joaquin Torres, and just give them a voice to the community. So it's been it's been really, really fun. And, and you know, again, big ups to the PR team over at the union uh, in allowing me to have those conversations, but also not forgetting about small content creators. Yes. 
absolutely and welcome to you guys that are joining us i know i see michael barrera saying great to see you repping aat <laughs> almost spit up your coffee on that one <laughs> uh, michael barrera welcome also barbara nice to have you here too as we are sharpening up and getting closer to the playoffs it's wild we're going to get into that of course because we're just four games out which is insane to think about will nice to have you always our first commenter yeah. for the most part well you are so consistent uh yes we're hoping for a w this weekend and definitely uh loving that we can continue the union coverage and as you talk about the coverage is more than just talking about the games talking about the results but also giving each player an opportunity to have their voice heard and i think for the union similar to actually the phillies who i cover is you know for soccer and football and baseball excuse me specifically you do typically have more athletes that are multilingual you know it's yep. english may not even be their first language and because of that we don't always have the opportunity to interview them to hear from them i do speak spanish i'm nowhere near as fluent as you are jose i can tell you that <laughs> but i minored in spanish actually um so i'm like semi-fluent where i can hold enough of a conversation to understand it um but there's not mainstream where you have shows where people are able to have conversations with someone like Martinez or Bueno and be able to reach those communities. And there's a need for that. I mean, you look at the union specifically, you have players from all over the world. And so to be able to have each of them heard and each of them, that representation, that um, ability to connect with a variety of different viewers, it's not just English speaking viewers that watch the game you've got all over the world people that are tapped into football in 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 a, a really positive way that you want to be able to give them that that voice yeah and to that point you know let's not forget about that very small uh, blip of a month that we had with leagues cup right a, yeah. a, a whole tournament against mexican teams and teams that are predominantly spanish speaking and mm -hmm. i think alejandro said it when he was on the show here you know um it, it goes to show how much work the league has to do, not just in terms of the outreach to the Spanish-speaking community, but the fact that uh, Liga MX is still number one in this country over MLS yeah. is really telling. So mm -hmm. being able to share the union content with fans of other teams that reside in the city, a minority first city is sort of a mission of mine so i've been mm -hmm. having a lot of fun with it and hopefully being uh you know bringing some positive uh, energy to it all yeah and the fact that you're even taking time as you were talking about to put the the, the captions in so that it doesn't matter if you're spanish speaking english speaking you can still watch the interview and still get that insight you know it's just when you have been on, when you have been in spaces where you're not represented or you're not heard, I feel like you are more cognizant and mindful of this interview needs to be able to reach more people. You know, whereas an, for others, if you don't have to think about that and English is the only language that you speak, you're not thinking about what about the Spanish speaking community? So you have the awareness. That's why I always say diversity is so important because you bring perspective that somebody else may not bring of like, no, we're missing a whole demographic of viewers that also want to hear from what everybody is saying. You yeah. Know? And you don't have to look much further of what folks in Miami are experiencing right yeah. now with the oh, little, with the little Argentine and the, maybe the bigger Argentine in terms, in terms of uh, Tata Martino, where mm. they both do not do interviews in English. So they are tuned in to speaking solely Spanish into the microphone and into the camera that, you know, I think early on the growing pains of that team in terms of the press, not having the ability to have that translated or outlets having to go out of their way to find uh, interpreters or translators to, to mm -hmm. help them out where, you know, those first couple interviews, um, um, us with AAT have a partnership and, and relationship with a couple of reporters out there saying, I have no idea what this guy is saying oh and gosh. I'm going to be behind the news. It's just like, well, 
it'd be nice if you learned a second language, but B, uh, it'd be nice if the team itself did something about it. So that's yeah. hopefully what I'm trying to do and, and bring some positive change. And like you said, I mean, there's these eye-opening moments we keep having that remind us that there's a need to have translators and have, you know, just being prepared, whether it's captions, whether it's a translator, there's so many ways that you can do it, but it just requires the effort yeah. to do it, the time <laughs> to do it, maybe the resources to do it, but also just being aware that like this is something that we need to spend time doing. So I love, again, you're getting the shout out, John, uh, I think it's Uleka, I'm sure you yeah, know, I know how Johnny. to say his last name <laughs> much better than I do, but saying also, great seeing your that your coverage is being noticed. I, You know, the, the union coverage in general is, is fantastic to me of just how many people are, whether it's through their own outlets or working with others, are making the effort to be at Subaru Park or join the press conferences, whether it's Zoom or in person, um, that are consistently covering the team. And, and that's what's helping to create these conversations and almost, in a, in a sense, leading, I should say, a lot of just the coverage around the MLS specifically of, like, having a, a, a strong, sturdy group of, of reporters like yourself. Yeah, and, you know, I think one anecdote that comes to mind is uh, a, a tweet by uh, Pablo uh, Maurer from mm -hmm. The Athletic uh, hopping on to, and I think he has the access to go to different press conferences for different teams and, and making a, a comment online of, like, hey, he hopped on to one specific team. He wasn't willing to name it, and that's <laughs> totally fair, and, and only one beat reporter being yep. present. And when, you know, you mentioned uh, – midweek zooms or multiple zooms during the week leading to a monday i'm sorry a wednesday saturday wednesday saturday wednesday saturday match or leaks cup uh, <laughs> wednesday saturday monday wednesday saturday monday the philadelphia union are not shy of five or six people seven people into these zooms to the point where you know questions are having to be turned away because there's just that much attention mm -hmm. and yes it helps that the team's doing well and yes it helps that the team has done well over the last few years but ultimately, I think the passion's there. And uh, again, big ups to the PR department over at the union of not forgetting about the small yes. fish that are willing to, like myself, sacrifice their own time for nothing to gain other than just a hobby that they love. Yeah, and that's exactly I mean, it's, when you hear those stories, that's the harsh reality. That's that's where we are, unfortunately, where there are some teams that do not have beat reporters and it's a Zoom interview yeah. i mean a zoom presser like this is not you having to go down to the facilities and and talk to the head coach you're able to jump on zoom on your phone on your computer now granted i will say the times are difficult to jump into these zooms especially like a 12 o'clock when when as you mentioned for many people this is not the only thing you're doing throughout the course of your day you may have a, a job during the day that's doesn't allow you to jump on zoom so understanding that there are other components here but in general there's so many times that you will jump into anything with the union and you're going to get the usual suspects. You're going to see the familiar names and faces. You're going to see the variety of the local news networks to the local beat writers to the local, you know, even to the MLS coverage um, reporters that may be popping in. So it is fantastic to see the coverage. It does help that the union are winning. Unfortunately, the last four games, they have not been winning, though. So let's <laughs> talk about it. Now, the union dropped. Well, I won't say dropped. The union had have had four straight draws. We've seen all types of draws. We've seen a draw against Cincinnati where they were trailing. 
and were able, I'm sorry, where they were winning and then were able to come back. We've seen against Charlotte where they were trailing and in the second half, late in the game, all four goals in the second half, able to score two goals to tie things up, including a very late goal by Daniel Gazdag. And then we've also seen a scoreless draw against LAFC, which was, as we know, a rematch of the MLS Cup. And this game did not have anything similar to that beautiful November 5th day of a uh, high-scoring tie. This game was a lot uglier, weather included, and then, of course, we saw Wednesday as we were thinking, like, fourth time's a charm. The Union are going to come out with three points against FC Dallas. They go up one nothing, but behind a beautiful play by Andre Blake to Kai Wagner to find Quinn Sullivan to the back of the net and then aren't able to hold on the lead and nearly actually almost lost that game. And here we are now going into Saturday's game, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff at, the, uh, at Columbus Crew. And... It's time to get three points. This is a huge game. When we take a look at the standings, there's a lot on the line here. Now, the Union, despite the three draws, are still sitting in a very good spot in the East, sitting at that number three spot. Now, overall, there's bigger implications for the playoff push that the Union want to make sure they're getting enough points. Home games are on the line, of course. But when you also look at that standing sheet, look right below them. It is the Columbus crew that are sitting on their heels, chomping at the bit, trying to see if they can steal three points and jump jump them in the table. So this weekend's game is not only huge to break the four-game draw streak that we now have, but to hold on and and climb the standings if you can knock off Columbus. What are your first thoughts and and your response to the fact that the Union have had four draws? Yes, it's frustrating, but still sitting pretty despite it. Yeah, and, you know, Jim Curtin said as much, right? Uh, Objectively, they're in a good spot, right? Despite all of these draws and and whether you see them as dropped points or Mm -hmm. enduring a very, very rough go of the season at this stage, uh, they're still only a point behind second, but also a six-point swing, potentially having to face Columbus this weekend and then Atlanta Mm -hmm. at home the following. So... They sit in a good spot, uh, though if you were to take, again, the pulse of the fan base on how they're feeling after these four draws, it's very difficult to think that this is a team that's actually sitting in third place because you'd think that we would be the Torontos of the world right now sitting at the bottom of the basement. So when we think about this weekend, I have uh, (laughs) a a gut reaction, uh, to be completely blunt and honest with you, a, a very hard I see it very hard for this team to win away, but I think that this is this would be the type of victory that could really reignite this team into the last stretch going into um, the new format of the playoffs of playing you yeah. know best of three in the first round. So must win games, and it's hard to always go back to that, but must win games as you think about the playoff picture finally shaping up. Now, what is it that has this gut reaction feeling that they're going to drop this weekend. What is it that you're seeing or feeling that doesn't have you very optimistic going into tomorrow's game? Well, Columbus is a very well-coached team. Uh, Wilfred Nancy, having just joined them in the Mm offseason after a... I hate to say mass exodus out of Montreal, a lot of players leaving, yeah. uh, Wilfred being sort of the keystone of that all, uh, going into Columbus and really reshaping the team. And if you look back at the game that they played earlier in the season against Columbus, yes, it was a 4-1 win, but I don't think the score really tells the tale. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that game was a lot closer than it looks on on the score sheet. Uh, and the performance in Charlotte uh, does not give me a lot of confidence, mm-hmm. right, of, of being away from home where the union performs so, so well. So I guess it's a tandem of things that make me feel like, you know, <laughs> I have very little confidence. But again, I think 
Alejandro Bedoya and the leaders in that in that clubhouse uh, or locker and whatever word you want to use are probably going to have a very stern talk with the rest of the team and saying we need to sort it out and needs to be sorted out Saturday and obviously the rest of the season. But overall, it's it's got to change very, very quick. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's without a doubt um, when you look at how the union have been performing down the stretch. And I know Jim Curtin has talked extensively about the amount of injuries and the fact that their team is just it's the depth chart has been really challenged um, for the union with just how many injuries that they've been able to. Um, work through and now you can see it wearing on them the amount of games that they've played the Wednesday Saturday schedule is is not it's not the easiest turnaround still um, especially when you're talking about one of those games being on the road mm -hmm. and now having to travel and for the union having those four games there's offensive struggles we've seen defensively there's been obviously adjustments that have been needing to make again because of injuries um, and then they're working through it and then and, and you're playing against teams that are also in the top in the playoff push, in a, in a position to get a postseason spot. These are no easy games, as Jim has talked about. So, yes, it's a chance to steal points against a team like Columbus to continue to climb the table, when a team that's also competing for a top spot in the East. So it's it's hard. You're playing no – nobody's easy to play in the MLS, but these aren't easy games. These aren't easy opponents. And then on the other side, you're dealing with a lot of injuries yourself, and we've really been seeing this team flat at times. And you, you're wondering, like, what's going on with – with the defense, where's the energy? Where's the intensity? Where's the opportunities offensively? But overall, when you take a step back, it's just the wear you can see of this group where it leaves you wondering, do they have enough to make a deep run? Do they have enough for the playoffs? And, and that's the question that needs to be asked. And, and maybe it needs to be something that gets asked uh, in the offseason as we think mm. about the, the roster makeup and the moves and, and you know, Ernst, Tanner, uh, Ernst Tanner's approach this offseason of going intra-league and finding players within the league to bring in, right? Joaquin Torres, uh, Perea, who is on loan out in New York City FC, yeah. uh, as well as Damian Lowe. And I would argue that one out of the three has actually worked. And I'm not even thinking about Ty Baribo, who we don't have enough of a body of work to really make a judgment Correct. just yet. Um, but when you really think about that strategy, did it work? And is that something that they're going to move away from? And I'm forgetting. I'm so sorry, Trent. Uh, the goalkeeper who was drafted, which, again, it is just such a rare sight to see the Philadelphia Union actually use a draft pick. So mm -hmm. it makes you wonder if they have the energy and the bodies left to make a strong push into the playoffs. Um, but let's worry about that at the end of the season. Let's see what happens. And if questions need to be asked, I maybe I'm not shy about it. And I will yeah. ask the question. I know others are also asking, and I know Joaquin Torres came up in the post-game press conference um, this past match and uh, a body to be seen in a long, long time, I think since League's Cup. Uh, so it's been quite some time since that man has seen the field. But uh, for now, let's just see what happens and if the union capitalize on having to go against teams that have to open up and go for it. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, exactly. And Michael Barrera saying in the chat, there's no killer instinct from this club to earn a goal to close out these these light match these tight matches, excuse me. And also just talking about the fact that um, you know, you see players like a Quinn Sullivan who has been a spark. That's a great point, Michael, that you're also making. Quinn Sullivan's been a spark offensively. Two goals in in, in this last stretch of a very um 
offensive struggle. Obviously, we know Julian Carranza being out with concussion protocol has been a huge hit yep. offensively for this group. They're looking for the next player up. Who's that going to be? And Quinn Sullivan's answered the call. I know you were even the one asking who's going to get the start. Is it going to be Ty Bariba? Is it yep. going to be someone else? And Jim was saying, you know, whoever's name is, is pulled, whoever's name is, is put into the attack, they're going to be ready to deliver. Um, well, right now, offensively, we haven't really seen the union <laughs> delivering. I mean, you look at that stretch. Again, scoreless against LAFC. Um, offensively, I think the toughest thing is it's there are days where you just can't finish. Mm -hmm. uh, as a former player myself, I will yeah. admit there are just those days. It's like no matter what you do, you can't find the back in the net. But the issue has been more about creating chances, yep. getting shots on goal. You know, it's one thing to get into the attacking third. It's another thing to really test your the opponent's keeper, get a shot, make them have to make a save because we all know what that does for you defensively if you're like <gasps> holding your breath because right. every chance Andre Blake's having to make a big save. So yes. do that to your opponents where you have them on the edge of their seat, nervous, having to scramble, make adjustments, um, where they're defending in their six, where they're defending with their, you know, facing their own goal because you're driving services across the box. And the union have had flurries of that, yep. but it hasn't been consistent enough. What do you think has really contributed to kind of that up and down offensive struggle that we've seen for the union? I think it has to do with, um, honestly, I think energy in a way mm. too, right? I think uh, a lot of these players have been really run to the ground. I think you don't have to look much further to the number of minutes that Daniel Gazdag has played and maybe we'll talk about it but Kai Wagner as well mm. right playing over 2500 minutes already uh yeah. so it's it's an unbelievable amount of minutes so I think that has to do with it but also I think a fair criticism and I know Jim is open to it mm -hmm. uh and I just haven't gotten a chance to ask him being reactive and sort of proactive when it comes to substitutions right a player yeah. like Quinn Sullivan cannot be a 10 minute man right that's just not enough time for someone like him to make a difference although he did it in Charlotte he needs more time. And I think with his body of work over the last couple of matches, I think he's really shown Jim, hey, I need the time to go mm -hmm. in and change this game. And, and frankly, I think he has been the most dynamic player that this team has had over the last couple of weeks. And rightfully so, right? He's taking on players. He's finally not letting this team be just a uh, predominantly right-sided team. You know, yeah, let's get in by so the ball, let's get it to Gastag, out to Bedoya, get a cross in. No, instead of that, let's go to Quinn and let's just take him to the, to the, side, uh, to the end line and put something across, mm -hmm. right? Which is very different from what the union have had ever since Il Signo departed the team. So I hope, I really do hope that uh, a sense of, uh, you know, as Mike mentioned, killer instinct finally <laughs> pops up for this team, yeah. though it's, it's difficult to see from where, as you think about the bodies that, that need to be rotated. And uh, I think Jim being very much a stat man does not like to really rotate more than four or five players at a time, because statistically that's when your odds of winning really go down across yeah. this league. So Listen, I think we're all pulling for this team. It's just, can they do it? Yeah, yeah. I do think that it is the where, for sure. It is also just finding ways to be a little bit more unpredictable and dynamic. And I always say, as an attacking unit, you can't have the same look every single time you're coming up yeah. the field. And Kai Wagner serves great balls into the box. Obviously, that pass to Quinn Sullivan 
hands down one of the best passes and plays I've seen in a, in a very long time. Yeah. Just the way that that transition play happened from Andre Blake, heads up play to find Wagner streaking up the left flank. And, you know, to, to be able to make that off of a quick touch, you serve that in where a lot of players would take an extra touch. A lot of players would be overthinking that. Mm-hmm. They'd, over, they'd mishit that pass. You know, you split about two or three defenders to find – Quinn Sullivan, and then for Quinn, the awareness of staying on sides, timing your run, the mm-hmm. beautiful first touch that opens up your hips to be able to finish. Those are the plays that you see from Quinn that's magical, yeah. that's exciting. And so I think the rotation is absolutely something that needs to be tweaked because there are moments we see it, but you have to find ways to build off that momentum yeah. and not have a drop off. And that's, and the, that's thing. the tough part. And that's the thing, right? Um, someone like Quinn having these moments of brilliance and uh, bringing a dynamic nature to the team but then suddenly as as jim mentioned with ale right um being injured then getting that silly red card against red bull having to sit through the international break and a match and then coming back up to playing another 65 minutes it just kills all of the momentum and that's a long way to say with quinn playing 10 minutes playing 30 minutes getting a match and then to be benched again or be put on the sidelines is it just completely and you know this renee you've played and i've played high school and a little bit of college it completely shuts down the 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 streak that you have the the momentum Mm -hmm. that you have so i think uh, as you think about this team and and leading the league in penalties uh um, you know given to them or in their favor that cannot be the only way this team wins and right. it really shouldn't though you have someone like Daniel Gas like who's able to take advantage of those situations it's great but this team needs to find different ways to score. Yeah. And again, that killer that instinct. <laughs> right. <laughs> it needs to be more. We love that Daniel Gazak has had this penalty kick streak and has been perfect from the PK line. But let's find other ways yep. to get the, back of the, the ball in the back of the net. And then also, like you mentioned, I do think sometimes, and I've also been a coach. Uh, I coached at Lehigh University for a couple of years. So after playing professionally, I always tell people, like, I have the perspective of having played professionally, coaching college, and now obviously reporting and covering it. Um, and then also as a fan. So through all those different lenses I'm I see the coach's side too I can I can be aware enough to know as a coach it is tough to know the rotation if a when Julian Carranza comes back what does that mean for Quinn Sullivan what's happened to those minutes and like you're saying you have to find a a happy medium because the Daniel Gazdags and Julian Carranzas can go the full distance but if you can also get someone like Quinn Sullivan in keep him fresh keep him motivated keep him locked in because as you're talking about to have these great games and then you go and you don't play for a, a game or two that mentally does a lot to you and also just the routine wise and physically you know when you're in season for for anybody that's unaware when you're in season your practices and the way you're training is not the same as obviously off season because you're trying to manage you want to get touches you want to get a recovery day in you want to get you know the muscles going but you're not overly practicing at a level that mimics a 90 minutes of soccer right so because of that if you're someone like Quinn Sullivan and you go from playing you know the majority of a game to then playing 10 20 minutes and then in practice you're not getting that same full you know x activity it's going to cause a drop off in your play just naturally because it's hard to maintain that so that is the tough part that you're absolutely looking at. I know, Michael, you're also saying, and I love, bring all the comments, hit that like button, join in the conversation with us. Um, I know usually you're on the other side. You're I know, the, I'm usually the one who's bothering you. you. Yeah, that's usually <laughs> you in the comments. Um, but yeah, we've, we've seen 
this for a while from Quinn. I, he's unafraid to take a shot on goal. And that part is that aggressiveness and that ability to just be able to take players on 1v1, get into the attacking third and creating, as you're talking about, Michael, is, is huge. That's something that the union need more of. And we need to see that. Ali actually has been playing much more on the front foot, making some deeper runs, had some good chances against FC Dallas. You need more players that are hungry to score. Jack McGlynn, I know Jim's talked about him. I know he was on the show yesterday, too. Um, he's someone that's more of a possession player. Players like him are great between the boxes, but how can you push them to now be like Martinez and, and take shots from distance right. or get into the into the box and look to, you know, create and finish? So that next level is what we're looking for, and we're going to get more into that. But first, let me tell you guys about FOCO. FOCO has you covered with merchandise, apparel, collectibles, anything you're looking to purchase. You can head on over to FOCO. You can use the code PHLY that's on your screen for those of you that are watching. For those of you that are tuning in via podcast platforms, it's code PHLY, get 10% off. And FOCO has everything. They've got any sort of a merchandise from your favorite team, sports, um, bobbleheads, shirts, overalls for the Phillies fans, uh, the Garrett Stubbs overalls. They've got it all there at FOCO. So check them out and use that code PHLY for a nice 10% off your purchase. Now, as we're talking through... I know we've recapped a lot about this past week's game, but it's, it is very similar to what we've seen. That part has been consistent from what we've seen from the union. Um, but unfortunately, there's continues to consistently be the ever-going discussion around Kai Wagner. Um, look, we, we see the writing on the wall, money talks, and Kai Wagner's future with the union is, you know, nearing an end. It's looking like as of now with him being a free agent in December and there have been teams like Leeds who are very high on him. You know, would you be, if, if your front office, put your front office hat on, if you're <laughs> in the front office, you're um, making the big decisions, getting paid to make the big decisions. I was like, are you trying to keep Kai or are you going to let him walk and work on building up home runs, which has been more of the consistent way of the union? Yeah, Kai finds himself, I think, in an interesting situation. And this is based on a few things that I've sort of pieced together uh, and great reporting by the Philadelphia Inquirer and, and other folks across the media. But Kai is sort of handcuffed in a way, right? Hmm. He wants to be paid, in my thinking is, over a million dollars. Um, make either uh, Gressel money, which is really interesting that he will yeah. be facing off against Gressel this weekend. Um, but also, you know, not disrupt the wage structure that the Philadelphia Union have and the way that they manage their finances. So to me, my thinking is that he wants to land somewhere between a million and 1.2 million, right? Um, be the highest paid defender, but also not surpass someone like Daniel Gastag in terms mm -hmm. of guaranteed money. But the th issue is that it has to be in Philadelphia or abroad. Um, I'm dorky enough that I read most of the CBA. Uh, and if you look through pages <laughs> 101, 101 <laughs> through 105, he is actually uh, not able to make that type of money across the league because he's capped at 15% more than what he makes at Philadelphia. Mm. So if he wants this type of money, either Philadelphia has to give it to him or he has to go abroad to get the payday that he wants. So is he willing to take a pay cut and stay within the league? Uh, or I should say, not as big of a payday and stay within the league? Yeah. Or is the are the union and him going to find a happy medium to get him to mm -hmm. stay here? And that's the conversation. Do I think that he deserves it? I, I personally think so, right? If you look yeah. at his last couple of performances, man of the match performances, not only against LAFC and an unbelievable 125 touches that match, or just this past uh, game against Dallas with the assist and the 
number of tackles that he won chances that he created i think mm -hmm. he was the leader with six as a left back or a full back yeah. uh is fascinating so does he deserve to be the pay, the best paid left back in the league in my opinion yes especially at only 26 years old mm -hmm. um but are the union going to be willing to do it that's the conversation and i don't know that i've had the opportunity to really ask this question nor is it appropriate in the timing of you know a pre-game conversation but i wonder what jim's thoughts are right yeah how yeah. does he see the spine of this team uh shaping up in the future right andre's future is you know, noted, right? He's signed. Glessness signed. Uh, Jack Elliott signed. Uh, Martinez re-signed, I think just this year. Mm -hmm. Jim himself erasing the conversation or the topic about his contract earlier in the year by re-signing as well. So what does he want on that left side? And is it going to be utilized or do we go ahead and let Kai walk for free? You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating, but in, in my opinion, I think he deserves it. I'd be eager to hear yours. Yeah, it is. A, it's a really tough situation. I know, Will, you said that you saw Kai at Acme once. If you guys <laughs> see Kai at Acme, please tell him to stay. Yeah. <laughs> um, encourage him to, to really rethink things. Um, I know, Michael Barrera, you're also bringing up a really good point yep. to add to what you're saying, Jose, that uh, not only is this important about what Kai's willing to give up or, or what he wants from a contract, from a deal, but... Other players are paying attention. I know mm -hmm. Ali Bedoya was talking about it on our show when he joined a week ago and was talking about how the union have notoriously been one of the quote-unquote cheaper clubs compared to like an LAFC or Inter Miami that are willing to throw the, everything in the kitchen sink to be able to, to have players sign with them and stay with them. And so it does... For, uh, for players, they notice this stuff. They yeah. notice which teams are willing to pay and how much they're willing to pay and what they're willing to do to make it work. And so it, for long-term future implications, yeah, it's something that you're concerned about. I think the hard part is it it's really depends on what you want out of your career. Yep. You know, like money, money is very important, don't get me wrong. And for Kai Wagner to want, you know, one million, and, and you have to also wonder what's what's the trade-off of how much you're willing to sacrifice? Like, where, where can we negotiate and compromise that makes it make sense for you to stay with the union? If he's more looking for the financial side of things and just wants to be able to, to get what he feels valued he's deserving of, fully understand that. But if you also want to stay with a team where you have a chance to win a championship and where you're loved and you get to play, as we talk about minutes, you get to play, you're starting, you're playing every minute, um, you're able to contribute. And I'm, wherever he goes, he'll play. But it's a matter of like, where, what do you want your career to look like? And I know he wants to go back and play internationally. Um, he has also mentioned that as well, beyond mm -hmm. just the, the financial component. Personally, I think you got to do what's best for you at the yeah. end of the day. Um, I know we, we follow all the time players that are advocating. I know Damon Lillard in the NBA, for example, just locking in with Milwaukee. He's been one that's been advocating for the pay he wants. Players across all sports have a voice, and they're, they're comfortable saying, this is what I want, this is what I deserve. But as a player, sometimes you have to balance. There's money, there's championships, there's location. Yeah. As we saw with Messi, obviously, that's a great example. Location's important. Where do you want your family to live? What type of environment do you want to be in? Do you want to be in a city? Do you want to be in a, you know, an area that's maybe a little bit more up and coming? Um, so I don't know. I think it's, it's really, if I'm Kai, I, I can't say what I would do, to be honest. I think I'm, I would want, put all the, the deals on the table, let me see which checks the most boxes for what I'm looking for. He's still in his prime in, yeah. at a great age. And go from there. Selfishly, I want him to stay with the union, but I don't want him to stay with the union if he's going to be unhappy. And he's out there and he's in the back of his mind thinking about, they didn't pay me, they don't value me. 
Because that's another I- issue that we've also seen that doesn't play out well. If a player stays and they're unhappy and now we're not getting the Kai Wagner that's getting you know, three assists against Red Bulls and leading the league in all these different, you know, stats. We're getting a Kai Wagner that's grumpy and angry and doesn't really want to be there. Right. And, you know, <laughs> something that came to mind as you were talking about location and obviously the, the different factors that get in the way with the CBA and being able to make mm-hmm. money, whether it's at the union or somewhere else, I wouldn't put it past. You know, he's an all-star caliber left back and we have seen Saudi Arabia come through this country oh, and pick up a few players, yeah. right? In terms of, I think a Columbus crew player was just, was it Sel- Rayana, I can't remember, um, but he departed to go to Saudi Arabia. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saudi nation is interested in a left back for one of the four or five teams of their Vision 30, uh, 2030 um, push to, you know, um, bring that league up to fruition and growing. So, you know, that country has picked up players from here. So I wonder of this league. So I wonder if that's something that maybe would be an interesting option for him. And then you get into talking, you know, is this the right situation for me uh, being Kai, a dad of two, going into Saudi Arabia and playing there? That part is also huge. But getting the payday that he wants, right? Because they're not going to short him the money that he wants out there. And that's the thing, like, what's where do you find that balance? Because as we also know, all money's not good money. No. And you could be getting paid more and you're playing in Saudi Arabia with two young kids and, and your family's not in the best environment, but you're getting paid well. Yeah. And I think that's also something for me, like, yeah, we see all the time, obviously players want to get the biggest contract possible. Sure. You don't play this game. You play the game to win. You play the game to get paid. Like, let's, let's call that for what it is. But at the end of the day, if you're able to stay maybe with a team like the Union where you can win, get paid less, but you're maybe in a better environment. You're yeah. in a, a club that's going to um, value you a little bit more. Is it worth that? So I do think there's that double-edged sword that you can always go get paid more, yeah. but at what expense are you willing to sacrifice that higher paycheck if your family's in an environment that you're not feeling comfortable being in? Yeah. Or, you know, again, happiness. There's another another factor there. Are you really going to be happy living there? Yeah. I don't know. And this is all pure speculation, right? I have no yeah, insider we have knowledge. No, yeah, for just, sure. Just thinking about <laughs> the options, right? Does he want to stay within the league? Uh, in my opinion, I think somewhere like Cincinnati makes more sense, right? Uh, yeah, the, or the most, in, the most sense, Pat Noonan. He's comfortable with him being mm-hmm. the coach. Then you have Chris Albright, former GM or sporting director of the Philadelphia Union. Another connection. If Sergio Santos stays, Alvis Powell stays with that team. Who knows? Oh, that'd be I'm scary. sure the connections are very, very strong within the Philadelphia Union in Cincinnati for good reason. That uh, I can't see uh, their left back, Bad Real, who actually just got nominated for a Pushkas Award, which is unbelievable that there's an MLS player being nominated for that. Um, I can't imagine that his time in the league is very, very long. So if Kai wants to stay within a league, be comfortable, have a place where he feels at home, Cincinnati makes sense. It's just whether or not Kai is okay with only getting the 15% more and then future paychecks being capped at a certain amount because of the CBA that runs through 2028. It's it's also fascinating and, you know, Come December 31st, I think that's when his contract is officially over. But in reality, December 10th, when the season ends, Mm -hmm. hopefully for the union, having won the championship on December 9th, um, that's when I think maybe the pieces of the puzzle will reveal themselves a little bit clearer. And that is where the remainder of these final four games of the regular season, whatever happens in the postseason, also are a huge opportunity for the union to really show Kai this is this is where we want this is where you belong I mean if you if you're able to win a championship um you know these (laughs) are these are different things if Kai went to Cincy I think our fans would 
Riot. Oh my, I couldn't even read. The light is yeah. so blinding. Um, Jillian, <laughs> yeah, I, I think people would lose it if Kai Wagner is in Cincinnati. That's the other thing. I, I'd almost say I would rather Kai either stay with the union or leave the MLS altogether because I would hate to play against Kai Wagner and, and hate to see him on the other side. That's, that's, now that's, that would hurt. And that's the difficult <laughs> thing, right? This Kai has been with the team for over five yeah. years, I think, at this point. And, and he has quickly become a fan favorite from his work with the, uh, uh, you know, the, the cancer awareness program with the kids and the Fearless 43 to being, you know, as, as you think of very Philadelphia type of players, Kai is one of them. He's got that grit. He's got that passion. A hothead, maybe, depending mm -hmm. if you're a coach. You've coached players that are like oh, that. Yeah. I was one of those players I'm when I played. I'm definitely one of those players. Right? He's got, <laughs> he's got that grit and is not willing to back down to anybody. Very much Philadelphia. So if he was to go within the league somewhere else, it's, it would be a very difficult pill to swallow, never mind the performances that he puts on the field. So, you know, if you have the Sons of Ben or the supporters chanting pay Kai at the 27th minute, I don't know if that's a strong enough message, but certainly a message that gets you in your head tuned in of like you know this guy belongs here but ultimately we're not the ones with the wallet we're yeah, not the ones not. paying attention I wish I to had the wallet. yeah <laughs> we're not the ones paying <laughs> attention to to the budget so whether it makes sense i hope so whether it doesn't let's find somewhere that makes sense for him and ultimately kai's a person and he and his family have a decision to make and we'll see how it shakes out yeah, in the meantime, for the union, just continue giving the best audition. I mean, it's weird to even say auditioning because he's been with the team for so yeah. long, but the best case for why he should stay here in Philly versus going to play anywhere else, especially if he was to go somewhere else in the MLS, because I agree, Jillian, I think the city would riot if we see Kai in a Cincinnati jersey. Oh, my God, that'd be painful. Well, uh, you know it's not painful? Using the Game Time app. The Game Time app has you covered with getting tickets to any sort of game, concert, Whatever it is you're looking to check out, you can head on over to the GameTime app, use the code PHLY, get $20 off of your purchase to buy tickets so you can go watch a game with your buddies, cheer on your favorite players, help them stay with their team. Um, if you're a union fan, for example, but for anybody looking to buy tickets, head on over to the GameTime app to do so. Well, we talked about Kai Wagner's future. Um, Jacob Lesness, let's also get into the injury bug that's continued. We know Julian Carranza's out with it with a concussion. We knew coming back this week in general was a long shot. Concussions are a really tricky injury that you have to make sure you're thinking about the player's health, their long-term well-being, and also not rushing them back because if it does get worse, you're out for even longer. And speaking from experience there too. Mm. But Jacob's in a really tricky situation. I know they were saying Wednesday if, if he was needed to play, if it was a playoff game, for example, he would have been out there. But... The back line with Damian Lowe, with, with Jack and how he's been playing, they have other pieces. Obviously, Kai's still there. You, you, you know, you have other – your back line is still solid. But also looking at that game, I know it's not fully on Damian Lowe, but you look at that game, you go up in the 25th minute behind a great goal by Quinn Sullivan. Everything's exciting. We're all still re reacting and in awe of that play. And then a little over 10 minutes later, you give up a goal. And it's a broken play. It's a misclearance off the head, falls right. Per a perfect pass, unfortunately, and ends up in the back of the net. And that's a, a shot that, look, keepers are going to always struggle with that. Yeah. The ball's coming through traffic. Andre Blake was trying to read it well, wasn't able to get there in time. And, and now you are, you're tied up. And again, nearly a chance to, to lose that game altogether. The back line has been struggling. Um, defensively, the, the union have been at times looking flat. You think Jacob needs to be put out there? Do you think it's the right decision trying to just keep playing without him? 
Not putting on your gym curtain hat. No, 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 no. It, <laughs> no, and, 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 you know, in terms of this question, I, I, I'm happy that he's getting the rest, right? I mean, if you yeah. think about the, the year that he's had in terms of matches played, as well his his streak broken at 101, oh gosh, yeah. Iron Man style stuff, uh, he needed the rest. And, and I actually, before we started, I was telling uh, Coach Eric about, you know, my fears of Kai being the next one to get the, the, the injury bug considering the minutes and matches that he's played. I don't, I don't know that trotting out uh, a Glessness or a Martinez throughout these injuries and these quick succession matches, I think it's, it's very much man management, right? Making sure that these keystones of the team are ready mm-hmm. come the first round of the playoffs, uh, especially when you have to play at the very least a home and away match. Um, so I think as we look at the remainder of the schedule, uh, the goal for this team should be to a pick up some sort of home field advantage, right? Not be at the top end that allows you to be yeah. home field advantage, but also I don't know that you envy Cincy uh, in terms of uh, potentially having to play the little Argentine mm-hmm. if Miami sneaks their way into the playoffs. So it's to me that the, the the goal here is to pick up some sort of home field advantage, but also rest bodies continue yeah. to use again albeit a little thin from time to time uh some some body management mm-hmm. right I, I know he's utilized uh, being jim utilized both harriel and Mbizo. yeah damien jack you know using them um we haven't seen matt real in some time but maybe as we approach the end of the season and things really lock in and you're not really thinking about climbing up uh cincinnati only has to win win this weekend against toronto and the supporter shields theirs that's Mm -hmm. it um so it's it's really finding a spot that you're comfortable with and letting the bodies rest and you know Allowing some of these players to come in has been a revelation, too. You think about Bueno, right? The performances he's had and and allowing him to build his stock for international play come October and onwards. And and let's not make any, you know, (laughs) let's Mm -hmm. make no mistake. This team is looking to offload some of these players in the coming years, too. But is Bueno one of them? I don't know. But he's certainly putting a few zeros to his name. He is. He is. And Martinez is another one that you have to kind of walk that fine line of brushing back he's been injury bitten um and a knee injury any leg injury is always very tough too um because you don't want to have them out there hobbling around and and not at 100 percent so i know george bell you're saying that carranza did just clear concussion protocol per curtain this morning oh that's right they're going to press conference right now you know what (laughs) sometimes that's the you're getting it before we get it. Yes. There you go. As we're recording this right now. So, um, I hope the it wasn't time. rushed. I know that's, yeah, that's my concern. Now, as we know, that was a really funky situation where it wasn't until halftime that yeah. he was saying he felt dizzy after staying out there, you know, that's concerning. And it does make you wonder there is like a five day return to play concussion protocol that you have to work through. So assuming that today is Friday, assuming that he's been working through that concussion protocol starting Monday, I guess, um, it does. The timeline is a little tight. It's a little tight there, but never mind getting your body up to speed, right? Yeah. And, and I'm guessing maybe he's been doing stuff on his own. I don't. I don't. I've never had a concussion. Oh, I've been fortunate. It's lucky I, for you. You mentioned. You mentioned you've had <laughs> them, but few. I can't imagine that it's comfortable being even if it's on a bike to get you know sweat in or jogging. You know, with with everything that's going on in there. Um, I, I just hope that. Again, as we think about the man management and the, the minute management leading into a very long playoff picture uh, yes. that, um, A, they're able to rest, but also get their bodies and stay stay sharp. Yeah. 
And that's a tough part, too, as we talk about someone like Quinn Sullivan. I know we were mentioning the drop-off of minutes, but it's the same thing for guys that are injured. Yeah. You look at Glesnes, Martinez, um, even Carranza. When you miss a game and you're out of that routine, what does that recovery look like to work you back in? Now, I agree, I think, especially for, for Glesnes. Jacob's had so many minutes that he's played that the rest was needed and warranted. And Damian Lowe has done a, a solid job in the back with Jack. Um, and I think that for him to have time to try to get as close to 100%, that groin injury is just like a nagging pain that you mm-hmm. are just trying to play through. So to have a chance to have some games where you can miss, maybe you're biking a little bit more, doing some pool exercise, whatever it is, um, that does absolutely help. Bueno has been in the midfield a nice, pleasant surprise as well. So Damon Lowe's doing well in the back line. Uh, we're seeing Bueno do a good job in the midfield. I know Barrera, you're saying it feels like uh, he's the, the heir to, to Bedoya. I mean, you kind of do see him really rising as that true midi that can just sit in and help keep possession, help switch the point of attack, help stop in transition. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see how he can work in the midfield, especially when you think about him and Jose and, and Jack and different players, Leon when he's, when he's back, uh, the different players that they can have in the midfield. So um, a lot of excitement to come for the union, hopefully to be able to get three points this weekend. Uh, but also if you're looking to get some points, you can head on over to – DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Now, this is a very long read, so bear with me here. DraftKings is keeping up to date on the NFL action. They've got great offers. So we're talking about the other football that's we're referring to here. Um, and at with DraftKings Sportsbook, any new customer can use the code PHLY. And when you bet $5, you get $200 instantly in bonus bets. So you throw down five on any of this week's matchups and you're able to walk away an instant winner. We like winning. We like money. Um, and so football is more exciting when you're in on the action, when you're involved and you've got something at stake. So head on over, download the app, sign up with code PHOY. And again, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. If you have a gaming problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 hope ny or text hope ny in connecticut help is also available for problems with gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly and on behalf of boot hill casino and resort licensee partner golden nugget lake charles you've got to be 21 or older vage does airy but age does vary by jurisdiction it is void in ontario and you can see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources are there as well and bonus bets expire in seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply <laughs> Woo-hoo. all right so with that we're that much closer to game time tomorrow night. As you mentioned, you're not the most encouraged and optimistic leading into Saturday night's game at 7.30 at lower.com field. It's okay. It's fine to be to be open about it. Yeah. It's rather uh, we have these conversations and we're not lying how we feel. Now, I'm not sure how to feel actually going in this game. I think, as you mentioned, this is a huge game that can really drastically swing, not only for the standings, but when you look at the fact that the Union have um, dropped the last four, going into the final four, 
this game could be a momentum swinger either way. So you win tomorrow, you break the break the streak, and now you go into the final three games. Let's take a look at those final four games that we have coming up for the Philadelphia Union now. Away this Saturday, as we keep talking about, against Columbus Crew, 7.30, and then back at home for two straight games to close out their home stand and uh, playing against Atlanta, playing against Nashville. Two strong opponents, another chance to steal some points as you're looking at climbing the standings. And then their final game, a nice break in between that is away on October 21st as we are nearing, we'll be nearing Halloween at that point, which is weird to think about, but it'll be here before we know it as they take on uh, the revolution and a six o'clock start to close out the season. Now, final four games, final four matches, final four chances to see what this team can do to lock in home field advantage, a playoff, your playoff seeding, and momentum heading into the postseason. What are your predictions on a possible score? Do you see this being a low-scoring game? Do you think we've got like a 2-2 draw on our hands or something? What do you feel like is going to be the score here? Uh, Jim says it all the time, and I don't <laughs> know if it's coach speak or not, but the margins are so thin yeah. when you, know, you play opponents throughout this league. Um, last year, putting six and another six against DC was sort of like, okay, <laughs> that's odd. Yeah. But, all right. Um, I see this being a very close affair and, and I haven't looked at the weather. I haven't, obviously the, the surface helps mm -hmm. the union again, going back into grass, not having to go to Charlotte and play on turf. Um, and that was a good point, actually, you know, hopefully the union don't find themselves against new England in the playoffs. Oof. Cause that would be at least one match on that turf. Mm -hmm. But in terms of this match this weekend, I think it'll be either a one, one tie or a one nothing win by Columbus. But again, that's just me being super pessimistic. But <laughs> it, I just have a hard time seeing how this union team in these last couple of four matches put something together okay. to defeat a very, very strong Columbus team. Yeah, Columbus has won one and one in their last three games. They have scored uh, seven goals in those games. So they've given up five. This is a team that has been able to offensively, as we talk about the offensive struggles for the Union, um, haven't been having the same issue. Did also draw FC Dallas 1-1, which is interesting, but and in a weird way, I don't know. Um, but overall, I think this, is, this could be a breakout offensive game for the Union. As we even look at their recent goals, penalty kicks have been a lot of the goals they're getting, set pieces in general. Right. Um, it has been different different players maybe it's, it's it's a defender finishing like a Jacob finishing off of a set piece so I'd love to see them get goals in the run of play like we saw Quinn yeah. Sullivan's goal um, I think if they're able to come out and play on the front foot they did outshoot FC Dallas 19 to 7 in that game but it still felt like we wanted more offensively from them in just terms of how dangerous it's 19 shots is 19 shots but you want to get shots on goal that are dangerous that are threatening right. that's what really can help you um you know have those that momentum of like we're almost there we're knocking on the door and uh, having Carranza back in the rotation I agree Michael definitely gives you some hope that he's going to come out there fresh maybe yeah excited to be back on the pitch and it's also whenever you're out as a player to come back I feel like you do have that renewed sense of like urgency and excitement to be out there that you've you missed the game and you're ready to get back and and hopefully that carries over and leads to some goals yeah and hopefully also seeing some of the supporting cast pull their part right seeing mm -hmm. a tie by Ebo go in and maybe give us a yeah. good performance that really cements himself as you know okay so this guy should be spending more time or seeing a Chris Donovan get some goals mm -hmm. as well. Um, so yeah, a lot of storylines or, or, you know, pieces to this puzzle going into the weekend, but ultimately it's, it's a very tough road match against a very well coached team uh, through Wilford Nancy. So we'll see what happens. I could see, I could see like anything from a three, one union win to like, 
a one nothing union loss. Yeah. Like it's it's that <laughs> wide open, and and that's where the league really is too. And yep. I know as you mentioned, Jim Curtin talked about it. The margin is is so slim, and so you can't go into any game and say it's going to be a cakewalk. They're going to just walk out of this five nothing. That's uh, not the case. But look at Toronto against the it union. It could actually. <laughs> I mean, it could actually happen. Um, but you don't know. Nobody can ever predict cleanly. I do think it really depends on how the first. Um, opening 20 minutes of the game or so goes you know I think that's where the union can really set the tempo early on bring the energy as we talk about the intensity but then we want to make sure there's there's no drop off and as we've seen and and you know two of those four draws where you had the lead and you end up tying the union had the ability unfortunately to you know kind of sit back a little bit too much and allow their opponents to play themselves back into it so I'd love to see them get Although we've seen them blow two goal leads also, but get a pair of goals and continue to press, continue to play aggressive, continue to stay organized defensively, continue to make sure that you're not giving Columbus any opportunities the other way. Um, But the last thing that I I do want to say for the union specifically is the discussion around the kits. And I'm curious your thought on the uniforms as the MLS put out this tweet about (laughs) <laughs> the best third kit across the league. Yeah. And we talked about it on Tuesday. I guess that would have been. This week feels very long. We talked about it on Tuesday here. And uh, Tyler Zuli, our producer and data analyst and expert with all things stats and numbers, was joining me. And we were breaking it down. And we were talking about how the, the black steel kit from um, 10 years ago, we didn't really like it. Sure. And the MLS was putting out the third kits. They had like a nice little like bracket and mm-hmm. everything. Are you a fan of the steel kit? I, I actually am. Um, Why? Um, <laughs> I think the heritage behind it, right? With okay. the Bethlehem steel and the, the little details of the Bethlehem B. And then on the back of the neck, there's also a little detail of the, of the old logo for the Bethlehem steel okay. being printed back here. And and honestly, I think it's, it's classy and very rare. If you find one on eBay, I just don't think you find it for less than $300 a pop. Actually, whenever I see someone at the stadium wearing it, I often go and tap their shoulder and say, are you selling this? I, no, you do not. I would buy it. I would buy it in a heartbeat. You know, I have off a couple, of the shirt off their back. I would buy it off the back. <laughs> Literally. It's, 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 it's a very rare kit. And I think it's a lot better than the third kits we've seen this year with Atlanta, Toronto, New York, and I forget it. There's a fourth one somewhere, but it's, it's to me, I thought it should have won, but obviously I have a bit of a bias. See, I like what it stands for, and I think the heritage and the story behind it and just representing all things steel and the history of of the area is is beautiful. I think there was a better way. Now, granted, that was a decade ago. Times have changed with what uniforms look like. Sure. But I think overall, it just could have had a little bit more of a professional look. Sure. And that's something I know I talked about with Tyler is having had played soccer and and looking at all my jerseys and uniforms over the years, um, you know, I... I think it was just the actual, the stripes down the side and just kind of seemed very youth to me. I know, uh, Michael, you're saying you also are a fan of the steel kits. It's elite. And you also enjoyed the hat that went with it too. Again, I think that the color of it is great. I would have loved it to have been like an all black, sleek, a more sleek look. And I think steel is sleek. When you think of steel, you think of a very edgy type of a vibe. So I would have loved back then if we could go back in time and I could have been involved in the creation to have it be a little <laughs> bit more of like an edgy vibe versus it feeling very, you know, 
young in my opinion well then you must be, you must be a fan and if you haven't seen it uh, the nashville kit the johnny cash the blackout kit that's an all black kit with the stripes i don't that like you're to looking. talk about other people give other people compliments but yeah it's, yeah it's no and that's nice. okay it, and you know like i think to me it also reminds me of the times where this team wasn't what it is now, mm, too, in a way, right? A when point. when you think about um, the the press meal area at the Philadelphia Union Stadium, there's a big picture of Mo Adu wearing that kit, and it reminds me of you know those those times where the team was yeah. a little bit more difficult to follow in terms of you know not being a consistent playoff team. Um, but players like Mo Adu, Sebastian Latou. Uh, I think even Vincent Nogueda uh, wore it at one point. So it's to me, it's almost uh, nostalgia, too. And, you know, that's that's a big hurdle to get over. That part is true when you think of the connection. So I think, again, for me, it's it's everything around it, all of the things that have to do with the meaning behind it, what it represents, and also represents the growth of the per, of the club as a whole. Yeah. When you think about where the union were then compared to now, and you, I know with Ali, we were talking about just kind of the, the year over the years, each year being a different a step in the right direction toward the championship. I think that does represent the struggle too mm-hmm. of where the union were at that time. So I I. Um, I think it was such an interesting conversation that MLS <laughs> brought forward in general because third kits typically are not great uh, sometimes. And then sometimes they have, they have a wide variety where it does have more of a meaning behind it. And you know, it's, it's a whole different color typically than the usual brand of the, of the club. So it even had me kind of scratching my head, looking across the list of all the different clubs and their kits. Like, huh, this is, this is interesting when you put when you put this question in perspective, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a topic that, uh, it's just an it's picture brain in a different way. It, 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 it was a time and place, right? That was before I was a dad of two and married. So to me, it's kind of oh, like, wow, it really reminds me a lot about, you know, I don't want to say struggling, but going through college and seeing this yeah. team and just kind of, a, you know, it takes you back a little bit. But um, it's it's a special kit. Uh, yeah. And again, I... If you if you have one for sale, let me know because I will buy it <laughs> off of you. They're they are so so rare. Jose, you are actively putting in the bid for a steel kit. Anybody <laughs> that has one, you've got a buyer that's ready to throw. Maybe even uh, sell a child if it takes. No, 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 no. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get a steel no. kit, you are ready to buy it at Subaru Park off of someone's back. I respect that. Um, I will say again, it was it's great to have these off the like off the dome these conversations that are just different you know when when do we really think about the third kits and 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 really going back in time especially with the union looking at that kit that sebastian the two was pictured in we don't really have those opportunities to take that trip down memory lane so i enjoyed that the mls gave us a chance to kind of get into some back and forth about it all right well thank you for for giving us a chance to go back and forth about the union the recapping their one one draw uh, against um fc dallas on wednesday breaking down what we've been seeing from the team and giving us your optimistic and pessimistic thoughts <laughs> moving forward. Fingers crossed that the union are able to walk away at three points, continue to climb the table. It's absolutely encouraging as we talk about that they've dropped four straight draws that they've recorded and didn't drop at all in the standings. You right. know, when you look at that, that says a lot about what this team has done in the bigger picture of the season is set themselves up nicely to be able to, to, to still have four draws and still be in the top of the East and top of the league. So Jose, thank you for joining us. No, thank you so much for the opportunity. A a lot of, you know, getting to connect with more people about this league. I'm fairly new in covering the team over the past year or two and, and really, you know, been embraced and, and embracing other content creators has been awesome. Open up a lot of doors, like, 
I'll be covering the Mexico-Germany game when they're here at the link and doing some more interviews that I'll be dropping soon. So it's this opportunity was awesome uh, getting to meet you and and be featured here. So thank you so, so much. And Jose, you continue to do great work with AAT Sports and they can follow all the the work that you're doing, the stories, the interviews. You're doing a great job of translating and providing captions so that it can reach bigger audiences. Um, And for you at AAT Sports, you can be followed at Jose R. Nunez. Anything else that we can look for with your work coming up for your soccer coverage? Yeah, I'll be, I'll actually be in at the New England game and then the home games as well. So I'm traveling out to Foxborough to cover the team. Granted, the credential comes through. Um, the I think it has been a huge hit with the fan base, the Live, Live Breathe football clothing line. That yes. interview, I was, talked to, I was able to talk to Ibun uh, Olalaye, who is the founder and creative director for that brand. So that conversation should be coming out soon. And then ultimately, I'm just, just super excited to dip my toes into international soccer coverage with the Mexico-Germany game here on October 17th. So a lot of stuff that I'm getting involved in uh, and just continue to follow it. I appreciate everybody's uh, support. What a fun October you have ahead of you. (laughs) And wish you all the best of luck with that. Excited for for it and looking forward to seeing those stories come out. Um, I agree with you, KW. The union need another third kit. Uh, Let's let's see what else they come out with. But for us here at PHOY Union Podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, like, comment, follow us as we've got new episodes dropping each week. This week we had three different shows. We had three different types of shows. It was Jose joining me today. It was Jack McGlynn and Nate Harriel joining me yesterday. On Tuesday, Tyler Zuli joined me as we were able to break down and recap the weekend's results. So we're bringing you more union coverage. We also have some exciting things in the works, such as a ticket giveaway. So as you talk about the games coming up in October, well, we've got a ticket giveaway where fans are going to be able to win tickets. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHLY underscore union and at PHLY underscore sports on all social as we're going to be dropping the details on how you can win tickets to the Philadelphia Union's home finale against Nashville on October 7th. More on that to come and more for us here to come on PHLY Union Podcast. So for my guest today from AAT Sports, Jose Nunez, be sure to give him a follow. Check out his work that's coming up. And for myself, Renee Washington, and everybody involved in our production crew, thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time. Go Union! 